Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. Good morning. What an interesting morning. We've got a lot of elements to uh, speak to this morning. It is, as we heard from Reverend Terry Ellen, first day of Advent. still November. Can't believe it, but it is the first day of Advent. It's the hope day. And we have our hope in Jesus Christ. Today, of course, we're going to focus on Jesus. And I want us to uh, focus in on the word wonder. Wonder is... It's actually something very basic to us as humans. It's one of the first things that we ever do as children, see something and see it for the very first time, and we're curious and we wonder. Wonder can be a verb like that. It can be this feeling of curiosity and wanting to know more. And wonder can also be, it can be doubt, I wonder, what's, I wonder what's behind that wall. I'm curious. I wonder if we're going to make it through this storm. I don't know. I have some doubts. And then there's, then there's this idea of, of wonder that it, it's, it's rapt attention. It's astonishment, amazement, to, to marvel. And we're taught it as little children. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. How I wonder what you are. The cause of this, the cause of this astonishment, the cause of this uh, amazement that turns wonder from a verb into a a noun. Well, that was a one-hit wonder. You know, we've heard of those or... If you've ever stood over the Grand Canyon, you might say, the Grand Canyon's a wonder to behold. Or a a little child looks up at at a great skyscraper, and it's a wonder. When we come upon something as magnificent, as uh, fabulous, that's the reason it's called Grand, the Grand Canyon. Or if we've been a a country person for our lives and we come to the city for the very first time and we can't help but walk around with our necks craned and looking up. They say in New York that's the one way to to spot the person who's a, a visitor. It's because they're always looking up. They're astonished by these concrete marvels. It's what I call the wonder moment. This moment of awe, this moment uh, like we've never experienced. And sometimes we can have that moment when we realize something for the very first time. It's a great, great moment of illumination. There, we have this uh, an epiphany. And those wonder moments of life, they usually burn into our, our memory banks. These are moments we typically do not forget Uh, very soon. Wonder, Aristotle said, 
is the first cause of philosophy. And Thomas Carlyle, who was a famous 18th century philosopher, Scottish man, he said, wonder is the basis of worship. And I'm guessing he, he said that because God is so huge. And then he went on to say, the man who cannot wonder, who does not habitually wonder, is like a pair of spectacles behind which there is no eye. I have to wear spectacles. They don't help me when they're sitting off to the side. Without them, I can't drive, I can't read, I can't see any of you. But when I put them on, things change. They come into focus. Let's put our eyes behind the eyeglasses of wonder this morning. When wonder comes before our eyes, it is no ordinary pair of glasses. When we look at the world around us and things are in focus, the world's just filled with the ordinary things. The things we see every day, they become blasé. We take them for granted. But let's use the eyeglasses of wonder this morning. And with one lens, let's turn that lens into a microscope. And when you look at the ordinary things around you, when you consider the ordinary things, the things like the petal of a flower, the wing of a bug, a simple drop of water, they, they seem so everyday ordinary and common. But if you take the time to look at those same things under a microscope, if we could do that, a little universe unfolds. Uh, the petal of a flower, it becomes this, this rolling landscape of, of color and texture. That, that is the, that's a rose petal right there, believe it or not. And it looks like it has hills and valleys. And it's amazing. It's like another little universe when you touch the petal of a rose and it's so soft. That's why. Looks like, looks like a whole bunch of little pillows or something. And they're beautiful. The wing of a bug. The wing of a bug is a precision instrument. It's engineered. It has structure and strength. And when we look at it, we see design under, under a microscope and precision and engineering. And it's fascinating. A, a drop of water if we could focus in on that, there is this little universe in there of life and activity. It's a buzz. It's alive. And to the naked eye, a drop of water is just uh, this translucent drop. But there's so much more going on. Put on that, that eyeglass of wonder and, 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 and zero in on that. This is happening around you. In all the, the plain things that we see, and if we could see even more, if we could go even deeper, we know there'd be more. Now take that other lens of the, uh, the spectacles of wonder and, and twist it out. Turn that lens into uh, a telescope, as it were, and let your eyes see this wonder. Let your eyes see the, the wonder of the moon. 
when the moon comes into full view, and when we can see it under, the, under a telescope, the depth and the, the density of the craters is unbelievable. The moon's just covered with all these craters. And if we could go out even further and see beyond the moon, we could see distant galaxies come to life. They're filled with billions of stars and planets and solar systems. And then there's even more galaxies beyond the closest galaxies we can even see. And if we could go further out, we could see a faraway nebula. And these nebulas are, are these gas clouds of, uh, uh, of the life ending of a star. And they're gorgeous. The colors are amazing. And we see something like this, a, a picture from the Hubble telescope. Fantastic. And it makes us breathless to see something like this. And that's wonder. That's wonder. And to look at these things, do we wonder, what more is there? Of the smallest, the littlest things that we can see in a microscope, we know. We have the knowledge. We know there's more there that we can't see. And and to the largest things, the, the most far away things that we can possibly bring into view, there's even more. And all of this is God's wonders. And sometimes we need to be reminded of God's wonders. We need to be reminded during the, the ordinary days, the everyday events, there is this wonder all around us. The man of sorrows in the Bible, Job, he had one good friend. His name was Elihu. And Elihu was one of Job's friends there to remind Job about the wonders of God. Job had fallen into a really hard time, and he had done a lot of talking. He had done a lot of talking about God and why really he didn't deserve to be in the situation that he was in. And Elihu listened and listened, and then he became very angry. He was mad at Job because he said, Job, you're justifying yourself rather than justifying God. And Elihu went on a, a little quest to set Job straight, and he minced no words. He got right into the thick of it. He said, Job, you drink scorn like water, and you say there is no prophet and trying to please God. And then Elihu, he went to God's defense and he began to defend God. And he said, God is a righteous judge. And it's unthinkable that God could do any wrong. God does no evil. And Job, God cares for the righteous, though you don't see it. And God sees the deeds of the wicked, though you don't consider that to be true. God is almighty. He said, Job, how great is God beyond our comprehension? It's beyond our understanding. And then Elihu went on to teach Job about some of the wonders of God. He said, Job, God is in the little drop of water. God draws up the drops of water, Job, and he distills them in the clouds, and he turns them back to water the earth. Do you see it, Job? This is God. 
And then Elihu begins to describe this powerful storm and the lightning and the thunder and the churning of the, the storm clouds and this great deluge of a downpour. And he says, Job, God's in all of this. And Elihu says this. He says, consider these wonders, Job. Consider these wonders of God. This is Job chapter 37, verses 14 to 18. He said, listen to this, Job. Stop and consider God's wonders. Do you know how God controls the clouds and makes his lightning flash? Do you know how the clouds hang poised? These wonders of him who has perfect knowledge. You who swelter in your clothes when the land lies hushed under the south wind. Can you join him in spreading out the skies hard as a mirror of cast bronze? This is just a portion of what Elihu said to Job. He was getting a little sarcastic. Job, can you do this? Or have you stopped and considered God's wonders? Have we ever done that? Do we do it? Can you remember a wonder moment that you have had? I remember the first time I saw Niagara Falls. It was amazing. I remember the first time I stood on the rim of the Grand Canyon, and it's truly a wonder. <laughs> the, the, the sheer immensity of it is absolutely stunning and amazing. You'll never forget it. And I remember, I remember this one night when my firstborn was maybe six months old. So we lived in this house that had uh, a bedroom on one side and it had had an addition, bedroom on another side. So we were in, Julie and I on one side and little Heather, she went on the other side of the house into her room. And I was 23 years old. I was just a kid. And I, I worked full time. I went to night school, Monday through Friday. I'd get up, go to work, go to school. Sometimes I didn't get home till midnight every day of the week. So much so that I was, I, I was gone so much that the neighbor thought Julie was a single mother. I, I'm serious. Because the neighbor saw her cutting the grass, painting the house. They just thought, you know, some deadbeat had left her and uh, she was alone to raise this little infant. Well, I was gone so much, I didn't get a chance to see my daughter. So when she fussed in the middle of the night, I would get up. I wasn't, uh, I, I didn't sleep uh, very heavy. I would get up to go to her room and to pick her up out of the crib and just try to settle her down. And I remember one night, I lifted this little girl from the crib, and I sit down in this rocking chair. The moon was full and bright. And there was two windows in that room, and I can picture it like it was yesterday. The room was, was lit up, and I looked down at this little face that I'm rocking and trying to settle and I'll tell you what, it just sunk in. I am holding a life. I am just a kid, but I've got this responsibility. 
And this is life, and suddenly this sense of awe and, and marvel. And I wonder, who is this little person I'm holding? Who is she going to be? What is she going to grow up to be like? And what school is she going to go to? And, and what is she going to accomplish? And how am I going to play a part in that? And where, what all the places is she going to go? And who is she going to become? And I look down I said, I don't ever want to forget this moment. And I just held this little girl and rocked her, and, and I've never forgotten that moment. I can see the wallpaper on the wall. I can see this little mural we had painted. I can see the blinds on the window letting in all the moonlight. I'll never forget it. It's a wonder moment. And I think... I think parents, many parents have had moments like these. And, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, I think she had a moment or even moments like this. And I think they were, they were so much more, so much more than what I experienced because her child was divine. She had a lot to consider. I want to read to you a little bit about her experience from Luke chapter 2. Luke 2, verses 8 through 19. It says, That night in the fields near Bethlehem, some shepherds were guarding their sheep. All at once an angel came down to them from the Lord, and the brightness of the Lord's glory flashed around them. The shepherds were frightened, but the angel said, Don't be afraid. I have good news for you which will make everyone happy. The, this very day, in King David's hometown, a Savior was born for you. He is Christ the Lord. You will know who he is because you will find him dressed in baby clothes and lying on a bed of hay. Suddenly, many other angels came down from heaven and joined in praising God. They said, Praise God in heaven. Peace on earth to everyone who pleases God. After the angels had left and gone back to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem and see what the Lord has told us about. They hurried off and found Mary and Joseph, and they saw the baby lying on a bed of hay. When the shepherds saw Jesus, they told his parents what the angel had said about him. Everyone listened and was surprised. But Mary kept thinking about all this and wondering what it meant. Mary and Joseph were tending to their newborn son. They had come to town because of the census. The town was packed. They found provisions really in an uncomfortable place. Their boy is resting in a manger. And suddenly, unannounced, Without any warning, strangers arrive. Strangers from, from out in the distant fields, shepherds. And these shepherds begin to tell them something that's unbelievable. These shepherds, they, they start to talk, and Mary and Joseph are listening. They listen to these shepherds whose eyes, no doubt, are big, and they're filled with this wonder and this awe. And they say, this child you have... 
angels came from heaven to talk to us about your son. The angel said he's a savior. They said, your son, your son, this one, in this manger, in this hay, this little guy right here, he's the Christ. He's the savior of the world. I don't know what they could have been thinking. This isn't something to just dismiss. This isn't something that goes in one ear and out the other. And Mary didn't let it do that. She began to take it all in. And she let her mind and her heart consider what this really meant on this, the very first Christmas morning. The child, a baby, her baby, her son, God in the flesh. Could it be, really? Could it be what they're telling me? Is, is, is this true? Was it, is it as they said? And she kept thinking about it and wondering what it meant. A Savior. Christ the Lord. And we should all stop and wonder. And wonder about that. Marvel about that. We saw in this video this morning people on the street. And to many of them, Christmas is a tradition. Christmas time, we have snow, we have lights. Because it's Christmas, we have reindeer, and we have Santa Claus, and we have presents. Some of them did talk about the true meaning of the birth of Jesus. Because it's Christmas, we talk about Jesus, or we remember Jesus. And that's what some of you answered this morning. Even uh, when... Mr. Rob Susan came around and took live questions. The lights, the tree. But they all celebrate Christmas. They all celebrate Jesus. Yeah, okay, that's, so it's more than just a tradition. We're not just putting up lights or a tree because it's Christmas. Well, it represents something. It represents Jesus. It represents his brightness and his light. Family time with Jesus as a part of the family. Yes, peace and joy. And do we wonder about it more? Have we ever really had a, a, a profound wonder moment about Christmas? I think that last young man on the video he was beginning to wonder. You know, Matthew says to him, do you know about Jesus? He doesn't even know, never even heard. But when Matthew says, hey, come to my church. Come, learn about Christ with us. Did you see his eyes? Did you see the smile on his face? I mean, that guy looked like he really didn't want, want to do anything at all. He hadn't, didn't want to have nothing to do with with Matthew asking these questions, but when Matthew invited him, now suddenly his face changed. A little wonder. Really? Could there be something there? And I don't know if that young man's here this morning, but I hope he is. And if he isn't, maybe he'll be here next week, and uh, maybe you could even begin to talk to people about Jesus and see if their eyes light up with any kind of wonder, or even if they scrunch their head in curiosity. And they want to know more. It's a chance 
to invite them. And then we saw this, this uh, dad in the skit. Now, dad was all about yeah, it's Christmas tradition. Ah, I don't want to go get the tree yet. No, I don't want to put up the lights. Can't do that. But then his little daughter and his son begin to tell him about what they learned at church. And finally, the little girl says, I love putting the baby Jesus in the manger. And dad stops. We got to have more moments like that where we stop and we wonder, Man, why am I putting Jesus in the manger? You now the light bulb in his mind lights up his heart. It illuminates it like a Christmas tree, and he begins to get it. He's having a wonder moment. He stopped and he considered God's wonders in this Christ child. Because of Jesus, because of Christmas, this dad no longer saw Christmas as a tradition. No, he began to see blessings. Blessings of love, blessings of a family. Blessings of that family where Jesus is part of the family. Are we wondering this morning, because of Christmas, we've been introduced to Almighty God. Because of Christmas, we have been introduced to the creator of everything. And through the coming of Jesus Christ, in the form of a child, God in the human form, we have seen the face of God. Lift up your eyes to see this wonder. God is grander and greater than all of his creation, and yet he came to us as a human being. Does not that invoke in you a sense of wonder and awe? See the, see the baby in the manger and then marvel at this plan of God that he would actually take on the form of what he created. And why did he do that? In order to commune with his creation and to show us who God is and to save us, to save his creation from the penalty of sin that had come into the world. As righteous as this man Job was, he was still a fallible sinner. His friend Elihu needed to talk to him about that and tell him, Job, you're in need of the grace of God. Job said, you need to repent. His friend Elihu spoke the truth to him when he told him, you can't accuse God. You need his grace. And grace came to us. It came to us in a living form. Grace came to us in the form of Jesus Christ in this little in this little manger one day. He was going to one day die then. He was going to grow to die as a ransom for sin for all of us. Now that's the wonder of God's plan, that he would actually take on this human flesh, see him as that child who would grow to be that Savior. Now put on these glasses of wonder. Now put on the glasses of wonder because there's so much more. There is so much more to Jesus than just the plan for salvation. You know, turn that one lens in. Turn it in like the, like the microscope and, and begin to see the intricacies of Jesus. 
Begin to see where he's involved. He is aware and he cares about the smallest of things. He lays down the drops of dew in the morning. A sparrow does not fall out of a tree that Jesus Christ doesn't know about. He knows your thoughts before you think them. And before you speak a word, he already knows it. He created your innermost being. And he cares for you. Now turn the other lens of those eyeglasses of wonder out and, and begin to focus way, way out. Jesus isn't just involved in the little things, but see the vastness, see the great creation that Jesus is involved in. He laid the foundations of the earth. He decided where the oceans would end and land would begin. He ordered all the creatures, both great and small, to fill the earth. He orders the rising of the morning sun. He hung the stars in the sky with all their constellations, and he commands their paths as they turn about in the sky. He is aware of, and he is in control of, everything. Do you see this God of wonder over everything? Do you see him as the infant born in Bethlehem and wonder?
just like a child staring at the beauty of our
may we never lose that wonder. Let's stay wide-eyed and mystified like a child and never lose our wonder. As I said, wonder is the, it's the first expression. It's one of the first sensations of a child. A child's life is daily filled with first experiences, new sights, new sounds, something fresh, something new to touch, everything brings the sense of wonder. I think that's why Jesus said, unless you become like a little child, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. He wants us to never lose our wonder. He wants us to be filled with awestruck wonder about him, wonder about the God who is in the minutia and he is in the, the, the immensity of all of creation. That God is Jesus. He came here as an infant, born of a woman, swaddled and laid in a manger. He lived a humble life. And then he ministered for three and a half years. He willingly gave his life to those who falsely accused him. And he, he died receiving God's wrath for what we deserve. That's what Elihu said to Job. Job, you deserve it. And Jesus took it, falsely accused. He, de he, he died receiving that wrath of God, paying the penalty for sin. All that to save our souls. Rekindle the wonder of that. Rekindle the wonder of it all. And if you've never stopped and wondered, it's never struck in you a sense of awe what Jesus did, you know, let it sink in. It's true. He came for you. Trust Jesus, trust him to be the savior that you need this morning. There is no other. Wonder about it. Wonder is the basis for worship. We're gonna close this morning worshiping him. I want us to just wonder before him. Elihu, he said, Job, God's voice is like thunder. When he described the storm, before he spoke those words to Job about stop and consider God's wonders, he spoke about the, the storm and he said, God's voice is like thunder. It thunders across the land. Let's give God some thunderous praise this morning. Let's stand to our feet and show him we're in awe of him. And if you want to come to these altars and you just want to worship up front, you feel free to do that this morning. And show God you're still wondering and you're still marveling about all he's done for you.